Oh, I thought you were recording. No, I wasn't recording okay. yet. Okay, but I, I think a lot of this controversial type type stuff. That's that's really. Uh, if it becomes controversial, it's it's almost some of those things that are people have, but they don't want to talk about, or those things that really strike a chord um, that maybe people don't want to have those types of conversations. So that's one of the things that I appreciate about you is just Thank that you. you know, yeah, you're you're. Uh, you're confident in your viewpoints, and you have, um, you have the the data, and you have, uh, I don't know what what you call it. You've got the, you know, uh, you've got your reasoning to back it up. Right. Yeah. I mean, and you say like, uh, I don't have all the data, obviously, mm. but I will base my opinion on data. Mm. I base my opinion, and and even my uh, viewpoint with passion. Obviously, everything you do, you do with passion. Otherwise, right. why do it? Right? Exactly. I mean, exactly. why go through the motion? Exactly. But uh, some people do, though. Yeah. Yeah. That's why. Maybe not everyone will agree with the way I do things or, the, or my reasoning behind it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the data isn't always empirical data, right? Mm-hmm. It isn't always like, uh, oh, I read this study. and I, You know, it's observation. Like, we all have that. We mm. can all do that. Mm. We can all have our own database, create our own database. Look, look around you. Look at people. Be be a little empathetic. See where they're coming from. Mm. But see where the other is coming from as well. Mm. Not just the people that agree with you. Not just the people that are on the same side as you. On any topic. It's not just politics. It's, it's work related. Right. Uh, some of the best uh, managers, some of the best uh, entrepreneurs, like people that I look up to, my role models in business, mm-hmm. have been those that they may not be the most likable, mm-hmm. right? We know some. <laughs> right. I mean, if you want to name some, you right? can. No, right? no, we don't have to. They may not be <laughs> the most likable. Uh, well, Steve Jobs, rest in peace, right? Mm-hmm. One of my idols. Mine too. Very much hated by a lot of different people. Right. But you cannot deny the fact that he put the right people to work to do the right kind of job, and they excelled. Right. They excelled. Well, when you when you take a look at somebody like Steve Jobs, right, and you see the you see the movie about him that was you know not partially factual and then you know partially exaggerated of of the type of person he was. But I mean, here's the thing, and in, in in my view, it's like. You look at somebody like Trump, and I'm not a I'm not a pro-Trump. I'm not an anti-Trump. I'm just a citizen of the United States of right. America, right? right? I mean, there is a lot of things that people do not like about Trump, but you know, some of the things and and some of the tough things, as you being a business leader, right? Uh, the owner of the business, the the leader of the business. Sometimes you have to make decisions, and you have to make those decisions that are not by popular vote. You have to make the difficult decisions. Right. And some of the best leaders, I think, make the decisions that other people can't. And that's why a lot of those other people are not in those positions because right. they can't make those types of decisions. Right. And the reality is, without getting too far into it, and, and, and not to sound so pro-Trump, but what I will say is that this guy has the ability to make those decisions regardless of what other people think about him. Because, Knowing the blowback. Right. And, yeah. and, 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 but the reality is, is like, 
when you take a look at the United States, right? The United States uh, was was founded on people who were uh, doing things. They were they were renegades, right? right? Renegades against uh, the the British Empire, renegades against these things, and they were willing to do the things and really and willing to get confrontational to do the things that they felt mattered the most. Right. So, in reality. To me, the essence of the U.S. are is those types of people, those leaders who are 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 willing to make those decisions against you know popular views or popular uh, thought or whatever because they're trying to do something that's greater or something that's more difficult. Where some of those people can't make those decisions, right? Right, and right. and that's what a leader, I think, a good leader. Those are those are some of the qualities, right? And and he definitely possesses some. Not all of the qualities to be a great leader, right. but definitely some, right? Right. Well, I thank you for that. Because <laughs> <laughs> I know you're like so, you know. Uh, but but I'm, hey, for I'm me, conservative, too, dude. Uh, you know, and and in today's uh, political climate, uh, I I don't I don't throw my politics around. Yeah. Maybe around very good close friends, right? Mm-hmm. I will just you know to to hear you know to hear what the the rebuttal would be, but. I'm conservative, yeah, and I and I don't feel I need to apologize for my values. Mm. Now that they contradict other people's political views, that's perfectly fine. I I still love you guys. Mm-hmm. I still love every one of you all. Mm-hmm. And by you all, I mean my friends. friends. Okay, yes. Like I don't want to get misquoted into thinking something else. Right? <laughs> right. So I mean, again, it's isn't it sad that we have to clarify those statements? Mm. Like, I I don't like that. I don't like that about where we are. In this day and age, sensitive America. Yeah, that that isn't that isn't what made America great. And again, let me not use that quote because it's going to sound like a, like a, a political a, a political view. Like, it, but it isn't what makes America America. Mm. It isn't how we wound up here. It, 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 back in 1776, uh, having thin skin didn't get us here. Back in 1776, our founding fathers geniuses if you will mm-hmm. had a great idea it was based on principle based on values that doesn't change that shouldn't change mm. you ask me like this talk and i've been i've been thinking about it. i've only had what like a few 30, days, 36 days. hours 48 hours to think about <laughs> right, it yeah yeah but I, I didn't i shouldn't need any more time than you asking the question hey um, i'm gonna have this podcast and we're gonna talk about life i'm in yeah i have plenty of life experience not horrible, ugly life. Right. Not not uh, being persecuted. Nothing. Nothing dramatic. Nothing to make a CNN special about or or a movie of the week about. Right. But I've lived a good, decent life. Right. I've I've lived my life according to to the way I've wanted to live it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I offer no apologies. I offer a lot of thanks and gratitude mm-hmm. to God. First of all, for landing me in the family he landed me, mm-hmm. to my parents, mm-hmm. uh, to my friends, that that uh, my my personnel, the people mm-hmm. I've hired, mm-hmm. good and bad, mm-hmm. good and bad, Jerry. Mm-hmm. Right. Like yeah. The bad people that worked for me actually were good for me. Yeah. In I the think, end, right? Yes. Long term, because yes. because you learned. Because if not for that, I wouldn't have been aware of something. Right, you know, and right. there's plenty of things that I wasn't aware of. There, there's a uh, prior to being married, 
there's relationship that I, relationships that I've been in that taught me a lot, like opened my eyes. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I actually had relationships. Mm-hmm. Well, there's no relationship prior to my wife, obviously. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, but, which, which, by the way, I think it would be good to, to kind of, you know, throw in a good, a good word because uh, yeah. for, for your wife and, and your beautiful daughter. Thank you, yes. yes. They, well, the whole point of the talk will end up with him. Yeah. Okay. Like that's so okay. That's weird. that's kind of that's I don't want, kind of where I don't you're wanna, going. Yeah. You, you don't want to. You don't want to. You don't want to reveal the end. No. No. That's, <laughs> okay. that's the. That's the. That's the bang. Right. Good deal. Uh, no. But it. I lived. I lived a comfortable life. My parents gave everything to me, mm-hmm. to my sisters and I. Right. I have two sisters. Mm-hmm. Uh, my parents worked hard every single day. And what did your parents do? My father was a traveling salesman, mm. and my mother was a nurse, okay? Uh, then my mom, at one point, had to have two jobs. And this, right? was, this was prior to you being born or uh, after? Right as soon as I was born. Okay, and you're uh, the oldest. And I'm the eldest, okay. yes, yes. So okay. I, I believe, uh, I don't want to say it was a shotgun wedding, right? All right. But uh, I'm, I did the math. I, div- I created or I found my own data, if you will. Right, yeah, so, you're, you, yeah, you were going so back calculating. You, yeah. Yeah. you guys got together when? Yeah. And then you guys got married when? And when did you? So yeah. that means you really only had so much <laughs> two times four. If my mom hears this, she's gonna be. She's <laughs> gonna be mad, yeah. right? Yeah, anyway. don't, don't, don't let but her it, listen. It is what it is. Uh, love is blind, right? Love yeah. is blind. Well, so, but you know what? But but one of the beautiful things that you can kind of, can you can kind of take from that is is that, look, whether that may be in theory the case or not your parents did did uh the customary thing right in 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 getting married being together and still and still to this day right right still married right on right yep so good people. Well, as of the recording of this podcast, yes. <laughs> <laughs> as of today, yeah. 6-5-2020. Right, right. You don't know. You don't know. Right, yeah. No, no, no. My parents love each other. They've been through a lot. Uh, we've, we've witnessed it and seen it and admired them for it. Mm. And there was one thing that, uh, you know, uh, parents raise kids differently. Mm. Okay? You have two. I mm. only have one. But from what I hear... Okay, mm-hmm. and from the experiences my sisters and I had, uh, each one of us has a different perspective on how they parented us and what they taught us. Mm. You know, and they're the same parents, and we were always together in the same household. Uh, my the eldest sister, which is just uh, a little under a year younger than I, mm-hmm. uh, sees the way we were brought up completely different than the way you from thought? the way I see it. Yeah, really, I, and that's again perspective. So it it teaches us that it doesn't really matter very much yeah. what your actual experiences are. It's your perspective, the way you see those experiences. Because you could make the argument that my sister and I grew up the exact same way, yet we both come out with a different view. We mm. both come out with a different perception of the so-called facts that took place. Even anecdotes of oh do you remember the time where this and this happened i'm like yeah i remember that was a time when no that's not what happened this happened and it I, happened this way right it didn't happen that yeah way. and now the meat and potatoes is the same You're the right. same thing happened but I'm, I'm convinced that we were on a trip uh road trips you know like we we i didn't come from a family of money right so 
any little luxury that we had mm. was a hard-earned luxury. Uh, my parent, my, again, my mom would work two jobs if necessary. My dad would have to travel to to make. He, he would sell a graduation rings, right? Okay. So he traveled to the manufacturing facility in Mexico City, manufacture the rings, then come back and you know be there for a couple of weeks or however long it took, and then c come back to uh, Brownsville where we lived, but he sold uh, along the Mexico border, the Mexican cities on the border. Right? Really? So it was never importing into the US, it was just all taking place in Mexico. Okay. But that allowed him the freedom to be able to live with us, mm -hmm. right, as mm -hmm. resident, ne mm -hmm. never became a US citizen because mm -hmm. he's proud of being Mexican, mm -hmm. and I admire that yeah, about him. Absolutely. Uh, so he, he had that livelihood, but it took him away from us for a few weeks every other month or you know and it, and it was something that we never saw abnormal mm -hmm. that was normal that was life that was life that was normal that was never something that oh well how, other parents uh are there how, yeah how and come how come they're like this and we're like yeah this? yeah it wasn't like that no no it was and, and our dad would pick us up at, from school when he was in town our dad would pick us up mm -hmm. from school and that was perfectly normal and even how long though did, how long did that last it lasted for a good while at least until my youngest sister was born and that would be maybe when we were like, when I was 10 and maybe my other sister was nine. Mm. That's about when Debbie was born. Okay. Uh, and at that point, it, the story goes, again, my view of the story may be the different Your story interpretation of the, yeah. of the... The story goes, my mom gave my dad an ultimatum. Listen, you either cut this out and settle down, find a way to, to make a life mm -hmm. here without the traveling, or we got to figure something else out. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it was an ultimatum or that's it. I leave you, you know? Right, uh, right. That, that would make for the Hollywood version of the story. Right, right? of course. Yeah, yeah, that would be written by the, right. the screenplay. The right. screenplay right. version would be one of those they things. They would take liberties. Right, yeah. It's like <laughs> she, takes, she, she takes the thing and she throws it against and the so wall. And so then he runs out and break. says, no, mi amor, no, no, no. Right. Yo and, me quedo. and then she turns around <laughs> like this. <laughs> and then he's talking. And then, yeah. So, uh, so long story short, uh, out of necessity, get this, out of necessity, out of sheer necessity for the love of his wife, for the love of his children, mm. okay? Uh, my dad does the un unthinkable, the unknowable, literally the unknowable. Imagine the guts here. Uh, okay, well, let's figure out a way to make it work locally. So he decided to go to a friend uh, that he knew, like, business acquaintance, right, in downtown Brownsville, who had a small electronic shop, uh, small, like maybe uh, 750 square, square feet, uh, and it was a pretty decent location, like on the on the main street leading to the, the U.S.-Mexico border, mm -hmm. right, the bridge, mm -hmm. so about a block away from that, on the US side, and he's got a small little place, and my dad says, uh, you know what, I'm thinking that I wanna get into the jewelry business. Uh, he knew nothing of the jewelry business other than making graduation rings. How right? old, how old so, was he at this point, would uh, you say? Oh my goodness, that's a great question. Uh, More or less? Maybe like 40, 42, okay. 43, about our age, man. Mm -hmm. Like literally. In other words, you've already made your livelihood. Right, right. Career change. Yeah, and his career didn't even start in graduation rings. His career was when he first met my mom. He was uh, in marketing. No, yeah, joke. go figure in marketing. Yeah, hmm. he was in marketing for Seagram's uh, 
in the Mexico Seagrams, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And that brought him to the to Matamoros, which is the border mm -hmm. on Brownsville. Yeah, yeah. And somehow during you know Garcia's was a place to be. Yeah, you know, uh, my mom went and hung out there with her friends, and that's where they met. Cool. Uh, go figure. Yeah, mm -hmm. and which kind of puts a kink in the argument of who are you going to meet at a bar? Back when I was younger, right? <laughs> right. Uh, well, maybe there's nobody. My there's life, nobody yeah. well qualified to yeah. meet at the bar. <laughs> <laughs> And you know the, the ironic thing, we never called bullshit on that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, never, like, we knew the story and we never called it. That, that shows how much uh, respect and fear we had. Like, I'm not gonna call him out on that. Uh, so, long story short, uh, he rents, rents or sublets or subleases, whatever the technical term is, two small showcases. Each showcase was smaller than this table. So maybe three-fourths of this table, so two of them less counter space than these two combined within that electronic jewelry store to sell little knickknacks. So jewelry, just yeah, that so was his entire were, inventory. Yeah, yeah, and it was, I, back in the day, I'm, I'm wanting to think it was not even gold, it was gold filled. Mm -hmm. It was silver and gold filled. Like whatever little he could afford from the last sale of graduation rings. So mm -hmm. all that profit, well, however much it was. Took it all bought inventory and started selling like that. And little by little, it grew. Little by little, little by little. He always had, uh, and still does, like my dad hasn't passed away, so he has great personality. Yeah, um, he's a good he, man. He, yeah, th thank you, yeah. I appreciate it. He, he is, he, I think that my personality, my character uh, comes more from him than my mother. Mm -hmm. uh, but I have wonderful, uh, characteristics that I take from my mother that I think that I truly believe have made me successful. Mm -hmm. I would accredit my mom more for that. The foundational uh, principles. The, of yeah, well, the discipline, mm -hmm. uh, the work ethic. Mm -hmm. My mom, uh, I'm telling you, like the chick never, never lets up, works, even when she doesn't have to work. If she's at home, she's working, she's mm -hmm. doing something, like always work, 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 work. And I'd complain and get tired, and I'd say, well, I'm tired, I'm, I don't wanna do this anymore. And she's like, what do, what's, what's the matter? Are you tired? Is that what you're saying, you're tired? You need a rest? And I was like, yes, I need a rest. This is like, there's gotta be a law against child labor, like it's impossible, <laughs> like I need, I need a day off. And he says, no, 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 you can rest, mijito, you can rest. When you die, when you die, you can rest. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> I love that. So the drama. Yeah, yeah. man. But she's... It, it was it, it was on point. Like right. It literally was on point. Like right. You, you sleep. You can sleep. When you're sleeping, you're resting. Right. Okay? You don't need a day to rest. Like, this, come on. Snap out of Just it. You're like feeling sorry for yourself. Every day she wakes up, she's at 100%. Right. Full right. force. And uh, I, I've always admired, always admired her for that. Mm. Uh, still do. Uh, her and her older brother had that mindset. Uh, my uncle passed away, like her older brother passed away. Mm -hmm. But that is one, uh, that is one value mm -hmm. that I will always accredit and attribute to my mom's side of the family, mainly her and my uncle, mm -hmm. Carlos, right? Mm -hmm. Very hardworking, uh, never gave pity, never, never, I mean, that, that's admirable. I mean, I work hard and I come home and I expect to get baby. I expect my wife, Denise, to pamper me, to baby me. To I'm her. home. Yeah. I mean, it's it's what I expect. Do I always get it? No, but for the most part, she's, <laughs> she's great. She's pretty spot like, on. I Yes. I, 
and that's weak me. That's, mm. You know, or I'll have a sour look on my face or a kind of bummed out look. What's the matter? Are you okay? Did you have a rough day? I'm like, I'm okay. I'm okay. Like, you know, I'm not going to share. I'm, I'm a tough guy. You right. know? Yeah, yeah. Say, uh, you want me to just leave you alone? Like, 10 minutes? Is that fine? And, and I look and say, yeah, baby. Thank you. <laughs> you know? <laughs> That's all I really yeah, need. I just need just, some time alone. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. But it, I, I uh, ingest, but it's true. Like another part of life, right? Right. Like find yourself the right partner. Mm-hmm. Like if you believe in God, that partner is out there. Mm-hmm. Like your soul partner is out there. My wife is my soul partner. Yeah. I had faith enough in that that I waited long enough to find her or for God to present her to me. Right. And... I knew a good thing when I saw it. Yeah. Like I wasn't going to let her go. Mm-hmm. And I, every day I try to be a better man for her. Mm-hmm. Then we have our daughter who I thought I was happiest before I had a daughter. And then I have a daughter and I'm like, wow, like, can I fit any more love in my heart? Right. And every day that goes by. It's exponentially yeah, gross. Exponentially great. Right. When you think that you're at capacity. Yeah. It grows again. Right. It's, right. I'm, again, that's the reason for that prop. Okay, we'll get okay. to later. Okay, we'll get to later. Okay, okay? all right, all right. But Whenever you're ready. That's the reason for the prop. When you ask, what prop? Right? Okay, well, uh, so so for those who are just kind of listening, what is the prop? Uh, you were asked. You asked me to bring a little prop. So this mm-hmm. is a little luchador. Oh, that's right. Because some podcast, of this stuff is going to be some. Some okay. of this is going to be audio. Some of this so stuff. So audio. This is an old uh, style. Mexican luchador made out of plastic, like that hard plastic with the seams that kind of cut you if you touch it the yeah. wrong way. Old school, like Old 1970s, school. Yeah. looks like. Maybe even before. Like when when was plastic invented? I don't know, man, but it's it seems like that's when it was that's when that thing was fabricated. Right. Whenever it plastic was, was invented. It was made more recent. But like the idea, the, these little luchadores. Yes. From a long time yeah. ago. Yeah, pain, like, pain is worn out. Yeah. You, you know, the, the dude is supposed to have yeah, apparently some pants or something, and the paint's worn out. Yep. Uh, and the mask, the, and the typical the Mexican mask, Yeah, mask. That, that dude's been in some battles, it looks like. Oh, yeah. Just earlier today, he was in one. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, uh, well, I'll, I'll segue into this. You know, I'm all okay. over the place, and people that are not used to listening to me probably are now realizing that I'm random and all over. Uh, so that, that luchador, you asked me to bring a prop. Yes. So I brought this yes. prop. Yes, uh, a, right? prop, a, a, prop that, a prop that represents you in some way, shape, or form. Okay. That is a perfect example of what I value in life. I'll tell you why. That luchador that I got, I can get 10 of those for a dollar mm-hmm. in Mexico City. We were visiting family uh, my daughter couldn't come with us because she was only a year old or two. So my wife and I took uh, like a little a little break, mm-hmm. you know, a four-day extended weekend type of break. Mm-hmm. And so we come back uh, with uh, obviously souvenirs, right? And my wife uh, wants to get her like an authentic mariachi uniform. Uh, mm-hmm. And so she gets her a mariachi little outfit and I'm all for it. Like, yeah, let's do that. Uh, and then we bring... Uh, some Mexican uh, dresses for my sisters and, you know, just, you know, little chucherias, like we call them chucherias or like little gifts. Mm-hmm. And we're the last day there. Uh, there's a there's a vendor, a street vendor, and they've got bags, like 20 or 30 bags uh, stapled onto a stick 
like the street vendors, and each bag has about 10 little luchadores. And I look and I say, oh, baby, let, let's get one of those. And she looks at me and says, what's that? I said, those are luchadores. I mean, I used to play with those when I was little. Like, those are the only toys my dad could afford or my mom could afford when we were little. And whenever he'd come back into town, every once in a while he'd bring a toy like that, like a luchador. So I had like my little team of luchadores, and that was the world to me. Mm. Like, I could not believe my dad remembered. And every once in a while he'd forget or didn't have time or whatnot. And so he'd have at least a candy. Mm-hmm. Like the free candy you get on the plane, right? Right. But it was... It right, was a but, gift. But it's the, the Mexican candy. Right, right, right. Yeah. The thought that counted. Right. Okay. Uh, as we got older, they turned into peanuts, but he never forgot to bring us something. And it is the thought, right? Mm-hmm. So she sees, like, I guess the twinkle in my eye, if you want, or, mm-hmm. or the watery eye, right? Because mm-hmm. after I had Sophie, I turned into an emotional wreck. Right? Yes. And, and, and let me just say that, you know, there's a lot of things that you haven't covered quite yet about. Mm-hmm. You know the mm. birth of Sophie and some oh, of yeah. these pivotal, some of these really pivotal things, right? But yes. go ahead. Well, Co- hopefully we get to that too. Yes, right? continue, continue. So uh, we get. Uh, she says, "All right, fine, fine." And who are those for? Are those for you? And I said, "No, like they're for Sophie. She'll play with them." And she says, "Okay, well, you know what? You can get them, but you got to get two bags because I'm sure my dad will get a kick out of that too." And I said, "Oh, really? All right, let's do that." And my father-in-law is a kid at heart, mm-hmm. uh, awesome man. Admire him greatly. Uh, and he, you can, when you meet him, well, you've met him, right? I met so him. you know, like he's, he's a kid at heart. He's, he's got the right kind of, uh, personality and, uh, plays still like with Sophie and he mm-hmm. has his little GI Joes that he's collected throughout the years. And, you know, I think that's awesome. So I said, all right, we get those. Well, we get the toys, we get home. Sophie has a lot of nice gifts that, uh, the tias from Mexico center. She has gifts that I bought her like the clothing she has gifts that denise got her and she's excited and she's two at the time i guess uh and then we give her the the bag of luchadores and she's like oh oh and she couldn't talk but you could tell that she was like excited like and i look in the, i turn around i look at denise and i'm like you see huh what about that a dollar baby you know and mm-hmm. your kid is loving it well we didn't think much of it sophie's five now Right? So this is three and a half years later, because she's almost going to be six. So three and a half, almost four years later, uh, we're playing with luchadores. Like, literally, we're playing with luchadores. We're hanging out, uh, and there's a lot of different toys that she can pick from. A lot Barbies. Of yeah, yeah. Like right? LOL dolls yeah. are a popular thing right now. Right, she's like got Barbies, plush dolls. LOL, a lot of different... She's got that, uh, like, you know, like a whole house devoted to her dolls yes uh then we have uh a, just long story short just a lot of tons of different toys yeah right. mainstream popular toys, toys. Yeah. uh so the kid does not lack okay like we've we've uh spoiled she's her got plenty to choose yes, from yes uh she's blessed okay mm-hmm. uh, and i find that she still is hanging on to these little luchadores out of the 10 there's only four left right but she still carries them around and she has them in her dollhouse and then we're uh go to another section of of the house like uh when she takes a a ducky bath we still call that uh she'll say well i have another house there so i'm going to bring these guys they want to go for a swim and so she'll carry them with her along with some other dolls of course right Mm -hmm. so uh a couple of days ago uh shortly after you had told me to bring a prop right or cautioned that i maybe i should bring a prop Mm -hmm. like i'm playing with her 
And I notice that she's playing with the, the luchadores. And I hear her say, uh, Chocala, chocala, come over here, come over here. And I turn around, I look at her, and I said, What did you say, baby? And she says, Chocala, chocala. You said that was his name. And I said, Oh, no, baby doll. Chocala means like high five. Chocala is like the two guys, like if you, to describe the luchador, has one hand down by his waist, kind mm -hmm. of extended. And then he's got another hand raised. Uh, kind of like he can give a high five, right? right so yeah. all the figures have that same stance. All same, the figures so, look like yeah, that. Completely the same, just different colors right. or whatever. So right? we grab two of them, face them with each other, and I would play with her and I'd say, look, chocala, chocala, good, good tackle or, or mm -hmm. good move, you know? And I guess when I was, when she was younger and I was playing with her, she, she overheard me saying, chocala. So she, so she assumed that it was the name that of it. it was the, the name. And I'm thinking to myself, no, but I'm glad she, she's, explaining to me so I have an opportunity to, to correct her and teach her the terminology and I was excited because she she's not proficient in Spanish yet but she will be okay uh, so she says daddy so what's his name I said well you know what uh, he doesn't have a name why don't we give him a name and she's like oh, oh okay well how do you say uh, how do you say uh, ice in Spanish and I say yellow and she says, okay. So his name is Yellow. Yellow. I said, okay. So, all right. she, so she wanted the guy's name to be in Spanish, and she already kind of knew. Well, because he's a luchador. They had to have well, Spanish what, names. Well, was he the color blue? Or yes, what? and that was a blue luchador, right? Love it. So then I said, all right, well, then we got to name this other one. What, who's this guy over here? And she says, well, uh, he's green. Uh, I don't know. What do you think? And I said, well, you know what? Why don't we call him... He's green like a tree, right? And she says, yeah. So why don't we call him like a tree but in Spanish? And she says, yeah. Okay, well, so how do you say tree in Spanish? I say, árbol. And she says, okay, árbol, árbol. Look, I'm yellow. Oh, árbol. And she's, you know, playing with a, with a two. And I said, all right, hey, well, we have two more. What about this guy? Well, how do you say fire? And I said, oh, you, you say fuego. That's how you call it. Like, fuego is fire. So she says, okay, so this is fuego. And I get the fourth one, and the fourth one is this dude. Right? Mm. So the third one is all red, and he's got a shirt on still, so red pants, red shirt. But this little guy here is red pants, no shirt, no shirt, right? and just the red mask. Yeah. So I ask her, well, this, this guy looks like he drinks beer and yeah. eats <laughs> hamburgers. Yes, right? the good beer. Right. So yes, he's, the good beer. She says, uh, well, uh, he's he's also fuego, and I said fuego, like, but there are two of them. You can't have them the same name. I said, yeah, daddy, because they're brothers. They're both Fuego. And I'm like, okay, okay. Los Hermanos Fuego. That's a good name, especially if it's a duo of luchadores. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, all right, so we're getting a kick out of this, right? And so we're, we're messing around. We're, we're in the pool, right, in the shallow end. So we're messing around, and we're entertaining each other. Uh, and I don't know. We just We just go along, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, the simplest things, the simplest things in life. Mm -hmm. A luchador, like a plastic, cheap little toy that you could probably get pre-owned for free, right? Yeah. Has brought more pleasure to my daughter than any other luxury that I can think of and has lasted her longer than any other luxury or, or gift that I can think of, that I have given, that my wife has given, that friends, relatives have given, uh, and it was bringing it to perspective. And then that alone was not the reason why I brought this prop, 
Okay. So not only so, the not only the 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 ability to share something that was nostalgic to you as a kid, mm-hmm. right? That mm-hmm. now you can share with your daughter and that she admires and values it as much and values it just like you did. Right. It's there's more. Right. There is a lot more because she realized I, I was very surprised and impressed. Uh, obviously, a dad, right? Like. Mm-hmm. Your kid could be doing the silliest, dumbest thing, but to you, it's rocket science, right? So to me, I was flattered. Mm -hmm. I was impressed at her ability to identify that those were toys from Mexico, Mm -hmm. that they are supposed to be referred to in Spanish names. Right, deserving of Spanish names. Right, and that if you play with them, you need to speak Spanish because you're playing with a Mexican toy. Mm. You're not playing with a white-speaking toy, like Mm -hmm. an English-speaking toy. Sorry, that was wrong terminology. So we're playing and my wife finally joins us right and she says uh, hey well what are you all doing oh well, we're playing luchadores and this is how you do it and this is and we start naming them well we start calling out their names and Sophie's like yeah mommy look and these two are brothers and these are the hermanos fuego and, and Denise says um, but they can't both have the same name uh, well mommy they're brothers and she says yes sweetie but we have to have another name for this guy like, this guy can't just be called Hermanos Fuego. Like, they, they have to have their name. Why don't we call that all red guy? He makes sense. He's all red. We mm-hmm. can call him Fuego. Mm-hmm. But this guy, why don't we change his name? And Sophie says, okay, so what name What name do you suggest? And these are her words, okay? Like a six-year-old so, yeah, or a five-year-old, almost six, right? Yeah. She says, okay, so what name do you suggest? And again, proud dad, right? Yeah. Uh, Denise says, um... What if we call him uh, Chilito Picoso? <laughs> Are you sure that that name hasn't been yeah, used for yeah, anything I else? I don't know. No, no. <laughs> so we're going to call him Chilito Picoso. And so in summation, okay, we have, we have uh, a nostalgic moment two, three years ago, right? Mm-hmm turn into something that has always brought pleasure and joy in my life. And I have a story. This little dude here has a story. Mm -hmm. Has a story and he's only been around two and a half years, not even three, right? Or three, not even four. Mm -hmm. That is what your podcast is about. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like this guy is is an extension of me. Like I have a whole lot of stories that I can tell you about my life. Mm-hmm. I have a whole lot of experiences. Mm-hmm. I have a whole lot of, of uh, you know, positive and negative things that have happened to me. But that have changed your perspective have, on life. Right, right, or that have molded my perspective on life. Because okay. it, it's, it, it's ever changing, like life Absolutely. is perpetual. Life, it, it isn't like I was perfect at one point and then now I'm imperfect. Or it's like or the opposite, right. you know, that we're we're moving to perfection. Right. I it's a progression are, of right, things. A progression of things. So we're right now, for instance, my life revolves around my immediate loves. And that's my wife, my daughter, my parents, mm. my sisters. And that little circle can get protracted. Mm. And so it'll include my close friends. It'll include the people that work with me. Mm. It'll include, and it does include the people that work with me. Mm-hmm. I do care about the people that work for me. Mm-hmm. I want them to be better because they're helping us be better. Right, right. right. Uh, my friends as well. I want 
me to be better, so I choose friends that I can admire mm -hmm. for a few things. Mm -hmm. Okay, not for everything, but for a few things. Mm -hmm. uh, I look at friends that are that are great parents, mm -hmm. and I admire them for that, and I want to be a great parent. Mm -hmm. So I surround myself by those kind of people. I surround mm -hmm. myself with friends that are good uh, business leaders. Mm -hmm. So I follow and am close to them to emulate some of the things that they do well. Uh, and ultimately, the goal is to increase your circle gradually, 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 gradually. But at the point that you feel that you have overextended yourself, that you are no longer giving enough of yourself to that which you hold dear, to your core values, then you gotta close that circle up a little bit and focus on Tighten that it which up. does. Tighten it up. Uh, I didn't mention God. That should be first. You mm -hmm. know, like we gotta remind ourselves. Like we always forget. Like we, I'm telling myself, I forget, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. I forget that in order for me to be able to love my wife the way I should, I have to remind myself that I'm a God-fearing man, mm -hmm. that I love God, mm -hmm. and that without God, I can't love my wife. Mm -hmm. Without God, I can't love my daughter right. I can't be a good dad. I can't be a good husband. Mm -hmm. I can't be a good leader to my uh, employees, my associates, if I'm not a God-fearing man. Mm -hmm then it's so easy for, for the ego to get to us. It's so easy for us to feel like, well, I'm a badass. Hmm. Like, I can do this and I can do that, and you can't, so, yeah, but better than God? I don't think. Hmm. You know, like that, that it, it brings, it ties everything together. Hmm. Like, having a good, strong foundation, and whatever God you pray to, Mm -hmm. Like it, it. You don't have to be Catholic Christian. Mm -hmm. You know that that maybe my other Christian friends won't agree that I'm promoting other religions. But the fact that you have a God is important. Right. You have to have that focus. You got to have that that North Star, right, so right. to speak, to just kind of lead you in the way in the direction that you want to go in your right. life. We're we're we are not infallible, mm -hmm. men. Mm -hmm. Like we're not infallible. Mm -hmm. We, could, we make mistakes all the time. We get treated like, and I, I know why my train of thought was, was leading to this. Mm -hmm. There's that saying, uh, why, do, why do bad things happen to good people? Mm -hmm. you, you ever heard that? All the time. Okay, why do bad things happen to good people? Man, like I know a lot of good people that bad things happen to. And then I know a lot of bad people that bad stuff doesn't happen to. Mm -hmm. Well, you know what? Bad things don't happen to good people. Shit happens. Shit happens. Like shit happens. Yeah. We assign good and bad to it. All the time. Life happens. Mm. Like life is gonna happen. And how you see what is happening is what defines you, what says th something about you. Not about life. Like what's going on in the world right now, mm. the way you perceive it, the way you interpret it, that says something about you. It doesn't say something about the world. Exactly, and and that's the the interpretation part is is your own life experiences and everything that you've accumulated down the road. So, any life experience that happens, like you were talking about with your sister, where you see it one specific way and right. she sees it another specific way, it's the same situation, but you have two completely different viewpoints, and that is based off of all of those experiences and all of those. Yeah, and what's the answer for that? Uh, it has a lot to do with parents mm -hmm. for two reasons, right? How they, the rapport they have with you, how they interact with you, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. uh, but also 
genes, genetics. Like you can't deny the fact that we're a product, a biological byproduct of your mom and your dad, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're a biological product of that. So you're gonna have genetically some of your mom and some of your dad in you. Right. And then how those particular characteristics interact with the way they brought you up. And then how your teachers brought you up, how your friends, how your relatives, how your work experiences. Right. Like there are a lot, like I remember uh, going back to business, right? I started when I was young, like fresh out of college. How old were you? 20, I graduated at 21, mm -hmm. uh, but didn't start my business till I was 22, right? Uh, long, long, long gap. Right, right. Well, I mean, it was, <laughs> but I had to clarify, right? Like I, 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 <laughs> right graduated, yeah. I graduated uh, three years in three years. Like I didn't go the full four, four years. Yeah. Uh, I was able to graduate earlier because I got to Baylor uh, almost a sophomore. Okay. Like I was managed to clap out of some classes. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I took uh, a rigorous enough course and all summers included that I managed to graduate in three years instead of four. Uh, actually, here's a side note. Uh, my sister, the one that perceived the way we grew up differently, I would have stayed at Baylor the fourth year. Mm -hmm. Completely happy, taking electives, you know, enriching myself, but she calls home and rats me out and says, you know that my brother uh, already has enough hours to graduate. He does not need to be here. Uh, he's already uh, qualified to graduate. Baylor can give him his diploma right now if he need, if he wants it. All he has to say is that he's graduating and that's it. But he's just here milking you for your money and uh, wait, wait, just wait. Incurring. She's she's saying this to who? To my parents. Yeah, yeah, get, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get yeah, out of here! I know, I know. What the? I know. If she hears this, she's gonna kick me. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I love you, Pinky. Uh, <laughs> my my sister. Uh, but you know, and that was one of those experiences where maybe I didn't receive those news with the the jovial reaction you're hearing now. Right? Mm. I was incredibly upset. I was irate. Right. Uh, I couldn't believe that was the young that, Ricky P. Well, yeah, because obviously your dad probably unlike my dad's reaction, will immediately say, what? Déjame hablar con este cabrón. And so he gets on the phone, he calls me, he's like, you're, you're milking you know, this college yeah, experience. Yeah. Do you have any idea how hard we have to work? And you know full well, get your ass over here. So literally uh, about a week later, um, back home, <laughs> uh, not even official Baylor graduate yet, right? Like, right. Uh, they, I had, I, there was still like a month left for, for the ceremony where I would walk, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and this was in the fall. So there was a, a December graduation or you could wait till the, I guess the following spring to actually graduate, mm -hmm. right? Like with the whole class and whatnot. And so I said, well, I'm gonna leave. I'm not gonna wait. I'm not gonna wait around three weeks after school's over just to walk and it's in the middle of Christmas season. My parents are busy, busy with the business. I'm gonna go help them, right? Mm. So I go back and I, the intent was just to be there for you know a few, a few months and then go off to medical school. Mm. Like it, it was- Sort of an that, internship. Yeah. If you will, right? Right, like, and, it, and it, came, a... it came from a good place. I said, you know, right, you know what, you're right. Like I've been, I've been taking advantage of it. Let me go back home, work with a family out. for a little while, help them out, help pay part of this tuition. 
and then go off and do my thing, which mm. was going to be medical school. Yeah. Uh, and what so, would you want to be when you, uh, what were your aspirations? Uh, neurosurgeon. Wow. Neurosurgeon, like for sure. Like my major was neurosciences. Like mm. I have a degree in neuroscience, go figure. Uh, and that's helped me a lot in the jewelry business. <laughs> Psychologically. But, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> from, from so many different angles. Uh, you, you know, I came back, I worked, uh, I saw so many things that were, that needed improvement, that were done in my view. And, and mind you, I was young, arrogant. Mm -hmm. uh, I can say that now. But back then it wasn't arrogance. Back then I was it's a badass. confidence. Yeah, it's confidence. And like I was a badass. I was incredibly intelligent. Uh, no one could tell me I was wrong. Like I was perfectly uh, in my right in everything I did. I mm -hmm. didn't drink, even mm -hmm. though I was of, of legal age to drink mm -hmm. already. I didn't drink. Uh, obviously, no smoking, no other recreational substances whatsoever. Mm -hmm. uh, I had no vices. Mm -hmm. uh, Maybe, if anything, uh, maybe I watch TV late at night, but mm -hmm. what kid doesn't, you know? Right, like, right. Other than that, like, perfect. Pretty, pretty straight lace. Like, Boy Scout, like, mm -hmm. literally, in every sense of the word. So, I had an ego. Mm. People that know me in high school, like, like even now, like, I talk to them as friends, and they say, man, yeah, you're... You're, you're arrogant little shit. Like, you're, you're a tough <laughs> you're kind of You're a little yeah. asshole. Yeah, yeah. And, and I never... Uh, maybe still, you know, <laughs> maybe still. Well, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> no, like I, I, I'm, uh, I, I try not to take myself so seriously anymore. And I've been dealt since then. Yeah. Since that experience of leaving or, or graduating Baylor, I've been dealt a whole list of crummy experiences, right? A whole list of crummy experiences, a whole list of things that would have otherwise uh, deterred you or toppled mm. uh, a lesser man, right? And I mean toppled because there, there were, there were slights on my manhood, slides on my pride, slides on my slights on my dignity, slights on my the intelligence I felt I had. Mm -hmm. uh, I never shied away from hard work, right? But I felt that my intelligence and hard work was so superior that. There was nothing but success. Like I could, I, I was, it was guaranteed success. I was gonna have success. Mm -hmm. There was not an ounce of doubt in my mind. Uh, that is incredibly important. Absolutely. I, I cannot stress the fact. If you tell me now, at the age of 44, right? I know I look like I'm 28 right now, but at the yes, age of 44. Yes, you look very good for your age, <laughs> sir. <laughs> at the age of 44, you tell me now. Yeah. Would you? Would you do exactly what you did at 22 and start that business? No. Why? No. Hell no. Why? Because of all the different things that could go wrong. So, so in this particular all the different failures. Yeah. Why? Well, well, if you knew what you knew, if you know, if if you knew now, or if you knew yeah, then I what know you know now, going. I know where you're going. If I, if even given what I know now. Mm. If I take what I know now, and this is brutal honesty, mm -hmm. if I take what I know now and I go back to where I'm 22, starting the business, right? Mm -hmm. Would I do it? No, <laughs> I wouldn't. And I wouldn't, and I'll tell you why. If I go with what I know now, but I also go with what I have now, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. My wife and my daughter, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Would I be willing to risk it? No. 
Not for any amount of money in the world. I wouldn't risk it. There are too many things that went right, even in the presence of all the failures, even in the presence of all those hardships. There were too many things, way too many bullets I dodged, figuratively speaking, never physically, right? Of course. There were way too many things that lined up just perfectly well. Again, by God's grace alone. Mm -hmm. There are so many things that I would have never had the guts in a, so many decisions. You were talking about decisions earlier today, right? Mm -hmm. About being able to make the hard decision. There are plenty of those that I didn't make because I had the guts enough to make them. Those decisions were made for me. I didn't make that decision. But thank God that decision was made. Thank God. I, it was not upon me to make that decision. Thank God ex-employee left when they did, and then later I find out they were pilferaging or stealing. Mm -hmm. Thank God uh, ex-employee had a situation and I had to let them go, uh, but it would have created a worse situation. Thank God that a previous friendship that I had with someone went sour because of a silly thing, but later I find out that it could have been far worse. Mm -hmm. that, and there are a number of different factors, a number of different experiences where if you stop and you think in your life, and again, I love to think. I love to talk to myself. I don't think that's, you know. I think everybody Maybe does borderline that. psychotic, right? Well, but I mean, I, I mean, if you refer your, to yourself in the third person, right, then you, right. you might have an issue. Well, sometimes he does, but. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not, not, while re, well, not while being recorded. Either. Right. <laughs> no, uh, so, like, I really think about these things. I think, uh, wow, like, I would have kept doing, I would have continued to do what I had been doing, if not for this hiccup. So again, we fast forward a little bit. We haven't gotten into a lot of details of the other things that's happened, but there's plenty of good stories there. Mm -hmm. And so we, we're here at present, mm -hmm. right now, in mm -hmm. my life, mm -hmm. right? And I honestly and truly believe that when God closes a door, he opens another. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's because there are like 10 doors open and we're having trouble deciding or choosing where to go. Well, real simple. Which ones are gonna close? The ones that close are not meant. Mm -hmm. Quit trying to beat them down. Mm. Maybe that's not meant for you. Mm -hmm. Focus on the ones that are still open. And the ones that are open, oh, well, I mean, it's, it's on the third floor. I'm gonna have to get all the way to the third floor to open that door. Well, get up to the damn third floor. Mm -hmm. That's a door that's open. Mm -hmm. Just because the path is harder, just because the trek is gonna be a little tougher, doesn't mean that's not your path. Mm -hmm. That's a little bit of wisdom that I can impart, mm -hmm. like if you will, like if, if I had to inspire something. Mm -hmm. I don't have all the answers and I don't ever think that I will. Mm -hmm. But there is one thing that I can guarantee mm -hmm. that if I feel that something is right, I'm gonna pursue it. And I'm gonna pursue it with conviction, with a passion, with gusto. And that has made all the difference. Because in the heart of hearts of what you feel, if you feel that passionate and that you feel that driven to that idea, that decision, you know, if everything's leading you that way, you just go. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And you'll know right away, maybe not right away, but you'll figure it out fairly quickly if it was the right one or not. Because mm -hmm. they're not always the right ones. Like, mm -hmm. I'm not telling you that that's the solution to get to the right one. Right. But... More Most, often than more not. More often than not, exactly. More often than not. More often than not, it pans out, and it was the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And when you realize that it's not, no problem. Mm-hmm. Change direction. Change direction. Pivot. There isn't a rule in law in life, or there isn't a law in life that says you can't change direction. There isn't a rule that says you can't be wrong. There isn't a rule that says that you can't make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Like mistakes are made all the time. And as a matter of fact, I think that there's a lot of people. And I know for me personally, growing up, you know, uh, I felt like, well, if I can't do these things right, then it's not meant for me. If if I fail, I shouldn't do it, right? Or if I have the, if I have a very high probability of failure, I probably shouldn't do it. And I think it's, you know, well, I, I won't get too far into it, but. Get into it. Well, you know, I mean, I just think that it's it's one of those things where one of the things that your parents don't tell you, uh, one of the things that your parents kind of instill in you is you can do it, right? You can do it. This, you know, you can succeed. You can do this. You can right. do that. You can do this. And most people, as they're growing up, they see all of these other people who have had all of these successes. And so nobody ever really talks about the failures. Right. Right. You don't go to a class and nobody talks about like, hey, Here's uh, this guy that he had 10,000 failures in his life, right? right? I mean, right. you know, Thomas Edison is probably the only one where they kind of recognize this guy failed like 10,000 times before right. he got the light bulb correct. Right, right. Right, And that's kind of one of those inspirational deals that if you're into it and you're failing on failing on failing on failing, right. that you're like, oh, okay, well, hey, this guy... This they, guy so revolutionized. What you're saying is they should have homeless people go give talks at schools. They, right? they, they, well, what like, I'm, I guess what I'm I saying. I mean, it's not a bad idea, right? But but I guess what I'm saying is is that you know, you people need to understand. I think that it's okay to fail. Right. It's okay to fail because you know you're you're not going to win them all. You're not going to you're not going to hit every shot that you take. You're not going to win every game that you play right you're you're going to fail and i think if the expectation if people kind of go in with the expectation understanding that i'm going to go into this and i may fail but you know what that's part of it that's part of what it means to grow that's part of what it means to change to be become better because you learn i think you learn exponentially more through your failures than you do through your successes. I yeah. mean, can well, yeah. you imagine if if everything that you did was like the right decision, you would feel number one, probably like you did when you were like 20. Right, yeah. Right? <laughs> like you could do no wrong, right? Like every decision yeah. I make is amazing. Right. But but at the same time, what do I'm you- I'm God's gift to humanity. Right, like, oh my God. gosh, I'm fantastic. I was gonna solve Parkinson's disease, <laughs> Alzheimer's disease, uh, aging. Yeah, like I, those, hey, those are all fantastic yeah. goals, right? But the reality is, is that I think that people's lives and people's uh, um, outlook on life and th- the things that make them better are those failures. And more often than not, I feel like a lot of people don't do a lot of the things. I mean, you're an entrepreneur, right? You, you've you done things, you've had great successes, you've had, I would assume, very great, failure. great yeah. failures, right? And But those great failures define you into a different type of person because like you said, for all those people who, 
who did you wrong for all those employees that did you wrong sure it was it yeah, was a hard you know, life let's, lesson let's clarify i didn't have a lot of those employees that did me wrong i have a lot of ex-employees that mm -hmm. did so right by me mm -hmm. and i and i you know what like i'm listening to my words now mm -hmm. especially when you're repeating them to me so thank you for repeating them to me mm -hmm. that there i have been blessed with a great group of people that have worked for me in the past and if not for them i wouldn't be here mm. and this is not a politically correct answer to give i kid you not mm. it brought me to tears okay and i i kid you not it brought me to tears last year we celebrated our 15 years of being in business in McAllen. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank that's you. That's amazing. You were there. So <laughs> Yeah, well, you but know. But still, thank but you. Still, so, it's a, that's a that's a great milestone. So we celebrated 15 years and I thought to myself, man, you know, like I I want to I want to make sure that this is a, a good event, mm -hmm. you know, that that good customers that I've had in the past show up. So I made sure to have the girls invite them and call them up. Uh, and then I thought to myself, you know, there's a there's a good group of ex employees that are that I can no longer afford. I kid you not, like they do not work for me anymore because I can't afford them. Okay, so and I I made sure by by saying that you can't afford them, meaning that they've scaled up so much yeah. in their own personal lives that to hire them back, I'd have, you'd to, have pay to pay them, pay them more than I can afford to pay them. Right, okay. I have to pay them what I pay myself. <laughs> right, right. And I can only pay one of me. Right, right. Yes. So. Uh, it, I felt that it was it was the right thing to do mm. to message them and thank them. Like, and this is between you and I. I guess now and everybody podcast, else that's right, listening that's to the listening. podcast, all two of them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I felt that it would like I felt it was the right thing to do to message them and thank them. I mm. said, guys, you know what? Uh, you all have been an integral part of us getting this far. Mm. And I want to thank you all that it for your work, for your effort, the highs and lows, putting up with my with my attitude sometimes, putting up with with my uh with, with my pickiness or meticulousness or I you know like I I, I would I focus on on the little things when I'm correcting because those little things turn into big things. So I've managed to avoid big issues or big problems in our service model by focusing and harping on the tiny little things that will lead to that. So they learned the hard way. Like mm. they were always the ones to receive the brunt of the blow when correcting the little things. And so I, I messaged and I each one individually and there was about eight of them, okay? Mm -hmm. That I felt I had to message. Like I had to message and thank, and I and I explained to them why I was thanking them. Well, it brought me to tears when five of them showed up. Like five of them showed up, I, and it wasn't I didn't message them to invite them to the anniversary. Mm. I messaged them to thank them because I'm celebrating the 15 year anniversary, and they were an integral I, part. They were an of integral part, and I'm forever grateful, and I don't forget that. Mm. And five of them showed up, and I, I, I couldn't contain myself. I couldn't control it. Mm -hmm. Like, I, and I'm not sobbing like a child, you mm -hmm. know. Like, I, but it, my throat got a little choked up. Yeah. When I was thanking them, I said, "Thanks a lot for being here," you know. And <laughs> just, uh, it means a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, and there was two. There were two uh, people, or th young ladies, right, mm. that didn't show up. 
and they said they part of the message response was like oh that's so great i'll stop by and i felt like well you know what uh those two that said they would show up didn't show up but at least wow these other five people showed up that's impressive like i'm i'm very thankful for it i i, I don't know i didn't know how to react so the following day i messaged the other two that didn't and they said oh yeah we showed up but there were so many people there we don't want to bother you and again i get choked up right mm -hmm. and i said what what do you mean i said yeah we actually both showed up we went together like so and so came by for me we went by uh we had our kids so the kids were playing in the playground in the meantime and we were waiting for you to to not be busy but you know how you get when you're with customers and you're talking and we just didn't want to interrupt because you were like into your thing your hands were moving and I was, again like the hands <laughs> were moving, right? so and i said but you should have come like it would it it already means a lot like you should have come like mm. i would have i would have showcased like i would have bragged about you mm. like some of those customers you probably would have remembered mm. you know it's just yeah you know i thought about it but no like i'm i'm we're we're real happy for you rick like we're real happy for you we're real happy that we can see that like ever since you got married and your wife's been helping like mm -hmm. wow like it's been changing a lot for the better mm -hmm. uh you always seem to be real happy you're not a grouch anymore the way you used to be again <laughs> like they saw me as a grouch because i would pick on the little tidbits man and so then for for what people take from this podcast to be that like the bad there's maybe two mm. right maybe two maybe three but i've had so many different employees in the last 20 years that it would be unfair mm. like it would be specifically doing that which i am com was complaining about previously about our society right now mm -hmm. where you're taking two which or is three not on which horrible yeah, yeah and we don't want to touch it right? right but where we're taking two or three bad examples mm -hmm. and then that's the memory and the impression you have and that's not what of i want the whole. it to be right the whole the majority have managed to make a wonderful life for themselves mm. i am very happy that they're successful and very happy that that they are no longer a, a, a employee or associate that i can afford to hire that makes me happy it mm. makes me happy that they managed to to succeed in life to get better and better at it and continue to get better right that makes me happy that makes me grateful that that means that everything that i did mm -hmm. while they were with me in some way shape or form i did something right right that i was able to share part of my experience that was able to teach them something which i always take it upon myself to do whether mm -hmm. they ask for it or not mm -hmm. you know like i ask i i mean i i share and i tell them look what i'm asking you to do here is not rocket science but this is the reason why i'm telling you mm -hmm. well rick we just wanted to know if it was yes or no i said well yeah you know and you've been you've accused me of this before i okay? have all of our friends have accused me of this before what is this they say um uh, it was just like a simple yes or no bro like <laughs> we didn't we didn't want to know how to make a clock we just want to know what time it was right mm -hmm. so with all the people that have ever worked for me i always teach them how to make a clock because i don't want the same question to be asked again or a similar question that could have been answered going through the same process mm they can answer it for themselves mm -hmm. like they they can anyone you give them the tools right to be able to and it's so much harder but clearly i don't get tired of talking so i'm fine i don't mm. mind giving the whole dissertation mm. but i feel that that is important that is so much more important for parents to take the time with your kid mm. take the time to explain to be to be thorough uh parenting again completely different direction right parenting 
How many parents, how many of us say no? All of us, all the time. Mm -hmm. No word. The first word the kid hears is no. Before dad, before mom, before I love you, no. Why? Because you don't want him to get hurt. You don't want him to touch an electrical outlet. You don't want him to uh, eat dirt off the floor. You don't want him to trip and fall. You don't want him to fall off the bed. You don't want him to, like so many things that you don't want to happen. So the first thing you tell your kid is no. No, 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 no. Well, what does no mean? Mm. Just no for everything. So when we started parenting Sophie, my wife and I were on the same page. And we thought, well, let's try and not use the word no. Well, guess what? It's very difficult. It's very, very difficult. I was about to cuss. It's freaking difficult. It's okay. You can cuss. You know? This is a podcast. Oh, it's, it's, is, not, a, it's not, not a PG a, version. This is not a PG. This is not, you know, this is not going on Nickelodeon or anything. Okay. <laughs> well, maybe. Maybe it will. Right? Yeah. Uh, so it got to a point where I was talking to my eight-month-old, mm. like a 40-year-old. Right? I was talking to her and I would say, oh baby, look, look over here. That's not a great idea, my love, because if we want to touch this, it could it could electrocute you. Do you know what electrocute? Look, electrocute is like a hot thing. Look, so I'm gonna grab daddy's coffee cup. This is coffee. And if you look inside it, it's hot. You see how the steam is coming out? And then when you blow, you see how hot it feels? Okay, do you you, you don't know what hot is, I'm sorry. Okay, well look, so I would grab her hand mm -hmm. and I would touch her hand to the coffee cup, the hot coffee cup, right? And then I would gently touch it, but quick enough for her mm -hmm. to feel it and then remove it. Mm -hmm. And I would say, hot, hot. And she's and she would look at me and mm -hmm. she's like, and like surprised, like what the hell are you doing, man? You know? Mm -hmm. And so then I would, and I would, you know, go to her like, near the plug the the electrical outlet mm -hmm. and i would say hot pointing at the coffee and then hot pointing at the plug like that's gonna pro like cause something similar to this pain mm -hmm. so it's hot it's it's that's electricity it's, it can burn you too like this coffee that's hot so what do you think one of the first words my daughter learned hot coffee <laughs> yeah <laughs> go so figure close. right it was cuppy it, it wasn't it wasn't coffee and it wasn't hot, but it was cuppy. And it was cuppy. Oh, no, cuppy, cuppy. Like, uh, not no, but like cuppy. Like, and she would be nodding her head, like, in mm -hmm. a no fashion and saying cuppy, 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 cuppy. Like, no to coffee, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Because coffee is hot. Later, she realized the word hot. Right. She understood electricity. She understood. But at a very early age, I was already talking to her like an adult, okay? And I was already trying to teach her the power of words, if you will, mm -hmm. but the right words. Not no to everything, because then your kid tunes you out. Your kid tunes you out and, tell, and basically says, well, that's full of shit. Like, he's not gonna let me do anything. <laughs> like, literally, no. You're right. gonna no to everything. Well, and we wonder why they don't have a sense of self-esteem and self-worth, because everything they do is a no. Right, right. And, you know, when when a kid grows up hearing no all the time, it's like, uh, people wonder, well, why aren't they doing this? And why aren't they doing that? And why aren't they doing this? Well, because we have taught them to say that when somebody says no, that's it. You don't right. fight for it. Right. You don't argue. You right. don't You don't push for it. Right. Because if somebody says no, that's no. Right. And so because of that, uh, people give up very quickly because you're taught to give up right. when somebody says no. 
Right. And so uh, I'm the same way. I mean, you know, if uh, if one of my girls is, you know, well, they're a little older now, but, you know, when they were younger, if they were climbing a tree, I wouldn't say no. I'd say be careful. Right. 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 I wouldn't say no. I, uh, and, and then who is to tell you, Jerry, are you going to let them climb the tree? That's so dangerous. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. I told him to be careful. Well, and, and that's the thing. It's like, you know, uh, when my when my kids contest me for something, I admire that. Right. You know, it's it's a little bit of a pain, but you know what? I admire their persistence. Right. I admire my, my oldest daughter, Juliet, for being persistent and trying to figure out a way, trying to figure out a way to make it work. It doesn't work this way. How about this yeah, way? Yeah. It doesn't work this way. How about this way? That's what I want. Right. I right. want them to feel to to feel like if they if they can't if they can't do it this way, they can figure out another way. Right. They can figure out another way to make it happen. I know? agree. I, that that thrills me. And that's a life lesson, right? Right. That's a life lesson that you don't you shouldn't take you shouldn't take no for the first time. But the reason that most people do is because your parents instill in you that no, you can't do that. No, you can't do right. this. No, you can't do that. And then that. when they're older, in past their formative years, right now you want to teach them the opposite. Like, yes, you can. And yes, you can do this. And yes, you can do that. And mm -hmm. oh, you can do anything you want to, but mm -hmm. not really. Right, right. Well, and I mean, you just have to be very careful with the way that you, you don't want to contradict yourself, right? Right. So, but um, we do. Yeah, I mean, all I the mean, time, right? But, you know. What, what was it uh, I found recently in my parenting experiences? You know, like, like uh, it, and on a side but a relative note, mm. we're talking about life, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And I've lived a good life, right? Mm -hmm. I don't plan on going anytime soon, mm -hmm. but I feel that the best part of my life is yet to come. Mm -hmm. But more importantly, I'm deriving the most pleasure out of parenting. Mm -hmm. And pleasure not as in just happiness, but challenge. Mm -hmm. Like you know how it is. You're you're in business too, mm -hmm. and so the, the 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 challenge of trying to figure something out and make it work, and then when it finally works and it pans out the way you planned it to, it's like yes, that's a success. You know, mm -hmm. after ten times that I failed and the similar situation finally got it right, yeah. And so it feels good. It's a rush. Mm -hmm. That's why an entrepreneur is an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. That's that's the business mentality. It's not all about the profit. It's not all about the money that you're going to make and all that. Maybe at first it is. Well, and even then, that isn't enough of a drive. That is it not only takes you so far. Right. Because the money could not happen for like another 15, 20 years, but you still keep going at it. So something's got to be feeding you. Mm -hmm. Something's got to be, you have to be generating something. And ultimately what you're generating is that euphoric feeling that you get for every little success. Mm -hmm. Those mini victories. Mm -hmm. Those mini victories are what sustain you. Right, they keep you going. Right, so ultimately, when you get, and we've talked about this in the past, when you do get to that uh, goal that you had, when you had it 15 years ago, you realize that that goal is no longer there. Mm. Your goal changed. So if that goal changed, right, mm -hmm. whether it was monetary or not, you have to give light, or give, give me the argument that there was something else that is driving you. It was not that goal. Mm. Because if that goal changed, how did you get there anyway? Right. So now it's the little victories, the tiny little victories where you say, you know what, I'm going to plan to do this, 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 and that. And if it goes the way I'm planning it to go, then this is going to happen, and then that's going to happen, and if that happens, this happens, so then for sure, this campaign is going to work. Mm -hmm. All right. And it works. Mm -hmm. That's a great victory. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. I've had a few of those in my lifetime, right? It doesn't compare to the parenting job. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. And I wish that I could share more of my experiences, share more of, like, I feel that that will tell you more about me than my business experiences. Mm. I feel that everything that has happened in my life up until this point has has been primarily to be a better father for Sophie Bell, mm. to be a better husband for Denise. Mm. Like all these things. And what does that have to do with business? Everything. Everything. All the employees I've had in my past. All the, the And I keep saying employees because that's the hardest part of running a business, mm. managing people. Mm-hmm. That, that is the hardest part. It is. Managing money is not quite that difficult. It's not as difficult as people think. Mm-hmm. There, it requires discipline, mm-hmm. but it isn't difficult, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, managing inventory and, and, and uh, turnover mm-hmm. is not as difficult. Those are numbers, really. Mm-hmm. Numbers and then look at some stats and look at what moves and what doesn't and then be make the correct uh, relationships and associations with... with uh, uh, your your vendors mm. so that you're in a symbiotic relationship where you can help each other so mm. that requires a little bit of finesse in it, but again not incredibly difficult mm. but that one dynamic that is incredibly difficult and very hard is the relationships mm. it's where people work with you and work for you mm-hmm. that's hard mm-hmm. but that all those experiences have helped me become hopefully a better dad and a better husband mm-hmm. and the victories that i get when i see something like just like you were saying like sophia her her rationale the way she's thinking out loud and the way she's talking to me and i mean she beats me in some arguments and i and i concede <laughs> like i don't concede with my wife but i concede with my daughter mm-hmm. and she'll look at me wife look at me like i thought you said that we were both on the same page that she was not going to stay up past 10. I said, I understand, love, but she made a great argument. And she says, what possible argument could she have made? Trump is on the... No, I mean, yeah, I bet, <laughs> no. Uh, no, but she'll, she'll, like, for instance, uh, you know, the common, all parents. Mm. Uh, can I uh, watch my iPad? Uh, yeah, are you done? Did you finish your chores? Yeah. Okay, that's fine. So then the mom comes in the room and says, uh, why'd you let her watch your iPad? I said, well, she finished her chores. Yeah, but I told her she was not gonna watch allowed to watch iPad because she threw a temper tantrum and she didn't finish her food. I'm like, oh well she didn't say that. All right, well let me get her over here. Sophie, come over here. She says, What? Mommy told you not to that you couldn't watch your iPad. She says, Yeah, but I asked you and you said yes. I'm like, I understand, love, but if mommy says no, what makes you think that it that it's okay for me to say it? She says, But you said yes. I said, I understand, baby. But you have to understand that if you make daddy go against what mommy already told you you're gonna get daddy in trouble <laughs> or do you want to get daddy in trouble and she's looking at me like yeah, i just blew her mind away and i said yes love think about this you think you're being clever by not giving me all the information and again she's a five-year-old right she's not an, an adult you think you're being clever by not giving me all the information you know very well that mommy had already told you no. So now if I say yes, which I did, because I didn't ask any more questions, now mommy's upset at daddy. Do you want mommy to be upset at daddy? And she says, no, exactly. And then if mommy's upset at daddy, 
what do you think daddy's going to do? Daddy's probably going to get upset at mommy. Do you want daddy to be upset at mommy? She says, no. I said, exactly. You have to understand that there are repercussions to your actions. Mm -hmm. Do you know how much we love you? She says, yes. How much does mommy love you? Chingles. How much does daddy love you? Chingles. Like she's saying that. I taught her to say that. Right? <laughs> That's good. And then, she, and then I said, okay, so think about it, love. There's a reason for it. And she says, okay, I'm sorry, daddy. That's okay, love. It's very good of you, but you have to understand. Don't get daddy in trouble, and then don't do the same to mommy and get her in trouble. Okay, so there's a point. A week goes by. Okay, mm -hmm. a week goes by, and she comes into the room. Uh, actually, not the room. Comes into the kitchen. They were in the bedroom, so I'm in the kitchen, and it's an early Saturday morning, right? And the previous night, she had been a pain. She didn't want to go to sleep, and she had been uh, fighting Denise, and I don't know what, right? So then she comes into the, the, the playroom area where I'm at, and I'm on the computer, I'm working on some stuff, and she says, Daddy, Daddy, and I, and I keep working, I say, hold on, baby, hold on, and I keep working on the stuff, and she says, Daddy. I know you're busy, but I need to tell you something. It's very important. And I said, okay. So I stopped. And I said, what's the matter? And she says, okay. Well, mommy said that I could not watch TV for the rest of the day. And uh, she doesn't want me to watch my iPad either. And I said, oh, okay. So what's the problem? Well, I was thinking if I could borrow your phone. <laughs> I said, Are you serious? I kid you not. And I said... And I said, well, what do you want with my phone? Well, because you have the you have the app. You have the Netflix app on your phone. I saw it. I saw it. So maybe I could watch it on your phone. <laughs> and I look at her. I'm the proudest dad in the world. I love it. And, and She's I, figuring it out. Yeah. She's, and I, <laughs> she's figuring it out a way. And she I came and told no me. IPad. My mom say no phone. took the television away. She took the iPad away. She didn't specify, don't borrow your dad's phone, right? So then I said, okay, look, that was very good. I think you've learned your lesson. I'm going to let you borrow my phone, but before you do, okay, I'm going to go tell mommy what just happened so that I don't get in trouble, mm -hmm. okay? And, but I think she's going to appreciate that you were smart enough to figure it out, okay? Do you understand what I mean? She says, yes. I said, all right, well, come with me. And she's, okay. So we <laughs> walk in there and tell the story. Denise cracks up, right? And she says, this little shit, I cannot believe it. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> but that doesn't mean you get TV and iPad for the rest of the day. Uh -huh. And if your dad needs to go to work, which he's going to leave in a couple of hours, that's it. She says, okay, fine. So it worked. It's awesome. Yeah. I love awesome. it. I love being a dad. Like that is that is my uh, my greatest pleasure in life right now. It's being a dad. Yeah. Over being an entrepreneur. Yeah. Over being a business owner. Yep. Doing well. Yep. Being a dad. I mean, don't get me wrong. I take my life serious. I take my job seriously. Absolutely. I, I do what I do, and I do it to the best of my ability. Of course. But if you had to ask me what your greatest pleasure in life is, that. Far, bar, barring everything else, like, like uh, bar none, mm -hmm. however the saying goes, it surpasses like anything Nothing can feel as good. Mm. And a failure cannot be as important as that. Like if I fail my daughter somehow, like if I see her fall and trip, which she's done a few times, mm -hmm. I see that as a failure. I, I need to figure out how to help her there. Mm. And I, when we're trying, we're trying to figure out certain things, like how to make her 
more aware of her surroundings. I, I mean, kids will be kids. I get right. it. Yeah, of course. So I can't keep her in a cage. I can't keep her from running. But right. we've been going over how to run. You know, we, mm-hmm. we went over how to fall. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I don't know if normal parents do that. I don't know if normal parents try and teach a kid how to fall when they're tripped. Like, if they happen to be walking and not watch where they're going and they trip, like, how to kind of roll with it. You right. Know? Just yeah. Roll over or whatever. I mean, I figured it out the, the hard way. But maybe I can teach my kid a technique. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, so all those little, all those little life experiences, you're kind of, kind of just kind of throwing, throwing them in there, and just whatever it is that you, whatever the it is that you've learned along the way, mm-hmm. just kind of instilling those things, like the luchador. Yeah, That's why the luchador is here? The luchador, ever present. Yes, he's a perfect example. Yeah, of of what I value in my life. Currently, as we kind of like wrap up, I mean, what's your... Uh, wow, we've been at it this long. We have. Wow. Yeah. Uh, w- w- you know. Can we make it like a seven-part series? Just like, uh, <laughs> I, think, I think it's already seven parts. <laughs> I think right now it's, we're already at, we're already at the, part, part seven. This we're, is the first dance. Yes, we're, we're at uh, Harry Potter, Deathly Hollows, <laughs> part part. Part two of two. Uh, that's hilarious. <laughs> okay, so ask me the hard stuff. Okay, well, I mean, I think it's just takeaways, right? Anything, okay. any, you know, one of the things and part of the reason that I, I started this podcast and even the subject matter, which I had told you about when I was thinking about doing all of these things and like trying to figure out the right kind of thing that, you know, an audience could potentially take away from this and feel was one of those things that you had told me we had this conversation was kind of a random thing was um you know if you could if you could have a conversation with anybody in the world yeah you know who would it be yeah and i remember you asked me that question and it was real it was a real hard question for me to answer because i didn't i never thought about it before yeah uh and i remember that you said if i could talk to anybody in the world i would talk to myself you know 20 years ago yeah and if i could talk to myself 20 years ago i would want to talk to myself 20 years ago because number one i would want to understand the type of person that i was right like really see me for me number one but then number two tell this this person of 20 years younger hey bro you know you really got to watch out for this you really got to watch out for that you really don't know as much as you think you know right right like so what are some of those things that you would be able to say uh some takeaways that people should remember whether they be fundamentally uh things that they can improve their lives on uh from a an integrity perspective what have you i mean we already know that you, you live your life to be the best dad that you can be, right? And then everything else comes after that. Right. But what are some of those things that you could say, look, if I could give these these kinds of things, these these life lessons that I've had, what are some of those kind of like boop, 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 kind of like these three things Yeah. That you would that you would say. But only three. I mean right? Maybe yes, two could, or maybe one, right? <laughs> I mean, just kind of the 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 top ones that that I Look, think it, that are it, maybe misconceptions that you've kind of realized. Yeah, uh, I'll make it easier, man. Mm-hmm. It's just one. Okay. 
and uh, the legend of Curly's gold. You remember that? Nope. It. The only thing I remember is you find that one thing. Okay, so I think that's what it was. So, I think that's where the quote is. So, so kind of go into that because I'm not like, familiar. You just got to find that one thing, that one thing that drives you. That drives you, whatever it is. I told you what it is for me, mm. and you know you can call bullshit on it because I haven't been a dad for more than five years, right? Mm. But I can reiterate that ever since. I was born ever since I became a man, mm-hmm. even at the age of 18. I've wanted to be a dad. There wasn't a question about it. Mm. I was going to be a dad. I was going to have a family. Mm. If, if I didn't want that, I would have done something completely different. Mm. If being a dad was not as important to me, I seriously considered being a priest at a very early age. Mm. I seriously did. I think that would be the most rewarding vocation in the world mm. I mean that I was that much of a boy scout mm-hmm. that much of a good decent solid kid mm-hmm. I mean big ego but you can't hold that against me right uh, but it, it was so important for me to be a dad it was so important for me to to have that opportunity and when we go through some rough patches, some experiences, like our, our daughter was uh, born premature. Mm-hmm. Like I know you wanted me to talk about that in the podcast, but it didn't come up mm-hmm. organically, right? Right, yeah. Uh, but that experience was a beautiful experience. Mm-hmm. It, it, it was hard and fought, and we weathered it perfectly well. Mm-hmm. We, we were strong, we were united. It brought us closer together, my wife and I. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was never doubt and, and like I don't know how to explain it there mm. was never doubt there was never doubt that nothing would happen that was not part of a plan mm. so if it was not meant to be it was not meant to be like whatever was going to happen was going to happen so let me ask you this on that note yeah which is could lead us into another 30 minute conversation potentially do you feel that we are of our own free will and that the things that happen to us happen to us because of the decisions that we make? Or do you feel that life is predestined and the things that happen to you happen to you for a reason, as most people say? Do you feel like those things that are going to happen to you happen to you indefinitely or do you feel like you have the ability to choose and therefore you make your life of what it is correct i believe and believe it or not you can believe both i believe that we have choice we do we can take our life in the direction we want to take it and life will go according to our decisions Mm. okay there are reactions and repercussions for every one of our actions or decisions taken. Just because God is all-knowing and not tied to time doesn't mean that it precludes me from having a choice into my life. So, you and I are of the world. Mm -hmm. We're in this time constraint. So we see ourselves at this particular given moment and we will die at whatever time we die Mm -hmm. 
and we were born where we were born. If you truly believe in God, God isn't tied to time. Destiny isn't time either. Destiny is the all-knowing. God is the all-knowing. It, it, there is no time barrier there. So just because your story is written doesn't mean that you didn't play the role in writing it. I guess that's a better way of saying it. Mm. Just because your story is written, just because your destiny has already been decided or decided and not decided. Who decided it? You. You made the choices. You lived your life. Your life ultimately will end the way it's going to end. But based on your choices, based on the, the factors around you, obviously, like we're not in charge of what happens outside of us, but we're in charge of our world, of mm. our life, mm. right? So we'll live our life according to how we see fit. We'll make the choices that are meant for us to make, mm. right? that we can make. And based on that, the chips will fall where they fall. But believing in destiny, believing in God, knowing that there is a plan, does not preclude or excuse you from having to live your life and make decisions like you have to make your decisions you have to take your choices you have to take your chances just because god knew that you were going to have the balls enough to do it or not doesn't make it unreal mm. you know what i mean like just because god knew that i would be too chicken to do the same thing i did at 22 doesn't mean that i can't still choose that i can but if I did choose that, God would already know. So we confuse the two. We, we, we limit the explanation of God's will, right, with our ability, with our capacity, with our restraint of time, mm -hmm. of space and time. God doesn't have restraint of space and time. They can coexist. Those two concepts can definitely coexist. Hmm. We're, on the, we're on the flat plane. He's omniscient. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know you wanted to trip me up on it. No, no. I'm not, I mean, like, I'm not contradicting myself when I say, like, if it was meant to be, it was meant to be. And in other but, words... But, but I, guess, I guess within that, right, you say, you, you know, there are certain circumstances where something happens, right? Mm -hmm. uh, something beyond your control. COVID. Right. right. Beyond our control, right? Great example. Great example. COVID happens. COVID happens. What, what do you think we do? Right. What so, do you think Ricky P does? So, Ricky P, because that's, uh, for the ones that are listening, that's the nickname you all give me. Right, right Ricky P. Yes. I call myself Ricardo. <laughs> yes, but everybody else calls you Ricky P. Right. At so, least your close friends do. Yeah, yeah, my close friends. My and so, close friends. So what do you think he does? So a series of circumstances happen right. beyond your control. COVID happens. Right. Maybe you apply for the PPP loan. PPP loan doesn't go through for X, Y, Z reason. Right. Also, maybe beyond your control. Maybe, maybe not. Right. right. Maybe you don't. Maybe you don't find out about it in time. Maybe you don't apply in time. Maybe you didn't know what the deadline was. Right. Whatever it may be. Right. Those things happen. You see yourself in an unfortunate position uh, through a series of events that you may or may not have participated in. Right. Some people may be in those predicaments and say, that was God's will. Right. What happened, happened. God has a plan. Right. right. That's, that's God's will, not mine. Okay. But within those same circumstances, if you find yourself in this unfortunate position through some of these either decisions or things that happened along the way, 
to get you in the position that you are. I mean, yes, there are some of those things that are indirect beyond your control, but then there are some of those decisions that are direct that are within your control. Right. So at the end result, right, at the, at, at, at the end point, do you say, I could have done something different, or do you say, well, that's the way God wanted it to be? Right. That's a great question. Like, that's, and that's for someone to answer for themselves. And that ultimately will tell you something about yourself. And, now, and you, you, you and, ask me. And how, you're right. right. And, and so, so you and and so you're so so your your thought on it is, yeah, it's it's what it's mostly do? me. Yeah, it's, it's mostly, mostly me. me. And God gives me that ability. Right. It is mostly you. Mostly you, to make lemonade out of the lemons. Mm. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, but there are blessings that we also have to take credit. Not not take credit, but we also take have to take into account. Right. We have to acknowledge. Right. Okay. Exactly. So, yeah, COVID happens, but then, oh my goodness, there's a program that can help me get out of it. Great. Uh, before the program, right? Let's talk about before the program because my mindset was made before that program came out, mm -hmm. which in large part greatly benefited and helped the people I have working for me. Okay. So thank goodness for that. Right. But prior to that. COVID happens, the mall shuts down, mm -hmm. we gotta close our stores, right? Mm -hmm. what, what do we do? Panic? Run for the hills? Cry? Mm -hmm. No. Okay, I need to take time to spend it with my wife and kid. Why? Because there's nothing else I can do. Mm -hmm. At that point, at that moment, mm -hmm. there was nothing else I could do. Mm -hmm. Was I gonna cure the disease? No. Mm -hmm. Was I gonna be able to continue to sell or generate a modicum of, of cash flow to do what? Like nothing that I could possibly have done at that particular moment for either of the stores would have benefited in any way, shape or form. Mm -hmm. Aside from saying, damn, I wish I had a slush fund for this particular situation if it happened, which no one did, mm -hmm. right? So I was not an anomaly in that case. Like I didn't have a slush fund for that. Mm -hmm. I had a few bucks in the bank for cash or, or money that had come in from the previous week, uh, and maybe a few savings, mm -hmm. right? But mm -hmm. not not enough to sustain uh, the monthly expenses of two stores, right? So what do you do? Well, not freak out. For number all, one, right? Because then you're you're not able to handle a situation. You mm -hmm. got to calm under pressure, okay? And then what can we do? Well, you wanna know something? I'm gonna take time with my wife and child. I'm gonna be productive and not be a slouch on the couch, you know? I love watching television and shows and all that, but I knew that because I wasn't working, I didn't deserve that pleasure. Right, that I luxury. I didn't deserve that luxury, that leisure. Mm -hmm. So what was I gonna do with my time? Because that time should have been work time. So if it's not work time, it's got to damn well better be invested in something, in mm -hmm. something of value. Mm -hmm. What I value, you know already, my daughter, my wife, mm -hmm. I invested in them. Mm -hmm. Secondly, what else am I going to do? Because you can only spend so much time with them right? without being somewhat productive to, to give you a sense of satisfaction or self-worth, right. right? Other than being a wife, being a husband and being a, a father, right? So then, well, you know what? How many projects around the house, and we all have them, do we always say, ah, I need to do that, but I just haven't had time. Okay, 
I made my list. Mm-hmm. I had plenty of shit that I hadn't done around the house. Mm-hmm. Plenty of hinges that needed to be replaced. Plenty of uh, doorknobs that were not working. Uh, plenty of uh, electrical repair work. I do my own electrical repair work. You stayed you productive. Know? I stayed productive. I stayed so productive that when the month and a half time is up and they say the mall is going to open up temporarily for curbside service, right? Uh, I'm in, obviously. Like, I need to do something, right? right. So, and who, who gets called in? I do. Yeah. Like, you got to lead by example. I didn't call in any of the employees, which, by the way, were still getting stipends for the time that they were off because it was not their fault. Mm-hmm. And they definitely did need the money on a timely basis. Like, they didn't have luxury of savings. They didn't have luxury of, of other sources that they could pull from. They didn't have investments that they could cash out on. So I made sure to ha- take care of them and mm-hmm. remind them, hey, concentrate on your kids, concentrate on your family. Don't worry about the business. Mm-hmm. As soon as the business can open back up, we'll open back up, be ready to work. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, you're going to get your rent covered. You're going to get your food covered. Mm-hmm. If you all need anything, you call me, message me. I, I stayed in contact with them. Mm-hmm. Okay. El que bien obra bien le va. Right? Like that. That person who does well, well will happen unto them. Mm-hmm. Like do unto others as you would like unto you. So, did I cover all their expenses? Probably not, but I helped a little, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. with what we were coming, and this is before PPP program, by the way, okay? Which is, for anyone listening, obviously we got approved for it, thank God, right? Uh, but prior to that, your projects at home, spend time with your family, and here's a little perspective, okay? Mm-hmm. When we were young and we and you know everyone had an experience of either at church or at school back when we were allowed to pray at school and you would pray and uh, you would pray for what at night if you would pray in the mornings if you would pray usually at night I guess uh, for world peace right wasn't that a thing didn't everyone pray for world peace mm-hmm. like literally I don't I don't think any child didn't ever pray for that mm-hmm. as a child growing up you always prayed for world peace that was the cool prayer or I'm downplaying it. That was the altruistic prayer, mm-hmm. okay? So, in your wildest dreams, Jerry, would you ever, ever have the balls enough to pray, okay, mm-hmm. for world peace, and then God responds and says, okay, son, how are we going to go about it? How would you like me to do it? And then you think to yourself, well, you know what? You're right, God. I need to be more specific. Let's. Let, I'll give you a plan. I think that what would help everyone in the world is if for one week, just one week, no one would have to work. All the moms and dads could stay at home with their parents, with their kids, and then just spend time with their kids. And there were no distractions. There were no sports on TV for the dads to watch. There were no comadreras with the moms that they had to keep in touch with. There was no real gossip. Like you just focus on that. You can't go visit friends. You can't go visit other family. The grandparents can't come over and visit you. It's just mom, dad. Dad's always working. Mom's always busy. Working also. The kids are always at school. But for one week, just a solid week, if they could just stay home, appreciate each other, be with each other, love each other, show each other that they're grateful for each other, just for one week, God, I think that would make a huge difference. Family week. Yeah. Make it a family week. That's a Doesn't, great idea. That is. That's, that's a great, a great doesn't idea. Doesn't that sound like a beautiful That's a That's a wonderful prayer? idea. Okay. And so in God says, Jerry, hold my beer. I'm going to do it for a month and a half. 
How do you like that? You'd be like, okay, this isn't even a miracle. This can't happen. It's impossible. It's a crazy dream. It's a crazy ass dream. For sure it's a dream. Guess what? It happened. What do we do with it? I ask you, what do we do with it? This is not a rhetorical question. It's, it's I mean, it's rhetorical for the ones listening. <laughs> it's an actual for you. Like, what do we do with it? And I and I pose that question again. You want to know something about my psyche? You want to know something about my life? That's my life. Mm. My life is that the day after I was told that the mall's going to close and the mall is closed and my stores are shut down and I'm at home, I'm thinking this. Mm. I'm thinking this and I'm saying, God, this miracle will not be in vain. I'll do my part. Mm. I'll make sure that this little kid's prayer, whomever prayed it, and you answered goes to good use. Good deal. Perspective. Perspective. So it's about. Yep. Well, sir, really good stuff. So was that rhetorical for you? That you was, I mean, you know, uh, I, think I, I, think, I think I could answer it in my own right, but this podcast is not about me. It's about you. I like it. You're good, Gerardo. You're so good. Uh, appreciate you, sir. I'm, I'm actually dry and... Uh, man, I apologize, man. You said Eredudas was good, but the drink that I had before this was way better. Oh, I know you're not going there. <laughs> so, Herradura tequila. Oh. Maybe they can sponsor the next show. Yes, and send maybe. You. Maybe maybe the right? Añejo is way better than the, <laughs> Actually, than the silver. you're right. The the Añejo or the Reposado are a little bit better, but Herradura is a, one of the better tequilas. Yes. Yes, it is. I agree. I agree. Sure. Yes. All uh, right, well, thanks for having me. All us. right, man. Well, well, thank you. Um, Why you appreciate prop? it, sir? Why your prop? Oh, um, I think my prop was really just more about um, cultural substance. I guess. So yeah, yeah. Nice. Uh, it's it's also it's also nice to look at, and I I, I think I want to. There's some depth in there, but. Uh, I don't want to get into the it's historical the part of the yeah. historical part of it. Uh, maybe for next time. Yeah, you're for the be, for the next podcast. You're gonna be in high demand. People are gonna want to know more about you. About about yeah. about some of those and about you. Some of those statues. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see how it goes. Good. But I appreciate you uh, coming on and talking and. Thank you. Yeah, man. All of your insights, great stories, stuff that uh, to, you know. You and I have been friends for a long time. A lot of stuff that uh, I had anticipated that you would talk about, you did not talk about. Right. But still, <laughs> really great content on stuff that I didn't even know about. Oh, right. Yeah. All right. So, so cheers, my friend. Cheers. Salud. Man. Thanks, man. We'll be in touch. Yes. Till next time.